discover Star Trek Discovery with us as we recap and critique the episodes with a little sass and humor. Okay, maybe a lot of sass and laughter. Ready to laugh with us? Hello and welcome to Trek and Beyond, a Star Star Trek podcast. I'm Monika. And I'm Andrea. And welcome to episode two of season two of Discovery. And we're calling this one New Eden. So this episode takes place right after the first episode ends. And we are basically with the Discovery crew trying to figure, still trying to figure out what is going on with all these signals. And we still have Captain Pike on the bridge and we have Saru and we have everyone. And we're sort of learning a little bit more about how they're all going to interact together. So Monika, what did you think about this episode? Nah, I have more questions than answers, but I'll give it three steps. One for each of the three magnet energy, magnetic energy metaphors. <laughs> but I do want to say, be bold, be brave, be courageous, black alert, let's jump. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> um, so yeah, this episode was definitely not one of the most action-packed ones. Um, I definitely agree with the whole, meh, it was an episode. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Um, and for me, so for me, this was a filler episode. That's how I felt. We, like, I loved, um, I loved Captain Pike again. I loved Saru. I loved, I loved everyone. I loved what they showed us, but I just felt like when I, when the episode was over, I was like, oh, that's it. Okay. So I'm a little, eh, about this episode. You know know what? I, I felt like it was like our fear that we discussed in our last episode of coming true. Like this is going to be a long series, like another space opera, like oh no, we were hoping we would get (laughs) smaller (laughs) chunks, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but no, this seems to be another slow grind. So (laughs) it seems like that's what they're leading towards. Because like for a moment, for a moment, I thought it wasn't. For a moment, I thought, oh, okay. So this episode sort of focuses them on being on a whole new sort of like um, a new planet that hasn't really discovered warp. So, you know, Star Trek, they don't interfere with people until they're able to warp or connect for have first contact until they're able to warp so i was like oh this is sort of interesting i haven't seen this since the other episodes other you know the other shows this is cool first contact um but then also still sort of has that what's going on with um with her brother what's going on with spock like what where is he and then we find out where he is and we're like okay this is going to be more than one episode explanation (laughs) so um yeah, this episode is a little bit. So I'll give you a quick little recap. So um, a new signal appears and it prompts um, Paul t- to basically join the Mycelial Network once again and basically taking Burnham Pike um, to this pre-warp uh, and the whole Discovery crew to this pre-warp planet and where they have to sort of face the dilemma of do they break Star, uh, Star Trek's, uh, Starfleet's rule of how you handle first contact if they haven't had pre-warp or not. Um, and then we also see some uh, of Tilly having a little bit of like a, I don't want to say, I don't really know how to describe her encounter, but we see her having like a breakthrough, but at the same time, we're learning maybe something's a little not a little off with her. 
Um, and then this is the, the way the story is laid out. It's not going to be answered in one episode. And you're right. It's, it's our little fear of, oh, this is going to be another long, long space opera. Um, this actually is almost making me miss Harry Mudd's episode, which was just concealed to that one episode. <laughs> um, so that's interesting. Huh? I didn't expect that to happen or me to ever say that. <laughs> Um, so from the first part of the episode, I'll say from like the first half, what stood out to you the most? Uh, the reflection from Spock, it seems as though since he's been a young child, he has seen a, uh, and he's had nightmares and visions about something that he's not quite sure about. And he's completely a logical guy. We know that from Vulcans. And so he committed himself to a psych ward because something just wasn't right for him. And this is why he was serving on an enterprise under Pike. And so um, Pike didn't share all this information up front with Michael last episode mm-hmm. <laughs> to help us with this no he's gradually sharing this information and so michael's a little confused and she's wondering why she didn't know and a lot of other things but i think spock was having a hard time coming to terms with this uh so we're able to hear his eavesdrop basically on uh, uh, onto his diary his audio diary files and and to learn about his visions um and um, that this is going to be his last time on Enterprise until he could figure this out. So I, I'm thinking that Spock is out on sabbatical, trying to work this out, trying to find deeper meaning <laughs> so that uh, he can, um, I think, return to become himself again, to become, to like, to focus on being um, part of the Enterprise and science. What do you think? Uh, well, for my, 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 um, scene, I guess for me, that sort of, cause I'm not a deep thinker. Um, the scene that stood out to me, um, was when Pike, when they did the first jump with Pike and he's like, well, what? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's sort of what stood out to me in the first half. Um, what's going on with Spock is sort of weird. Cause I've never really, to me, it's weird just because I never really, this is they're diving into a, a part of his character that we've never really seen or at least i've never really seen on any of the star treks that i've seen spock in it seems I, I i've never gotten the whole i can see deeper so i'm not weighing in on that yet just because i don't really know what the end result i don't really know where they're going with this i should say because sure. that's just not a side of spock that i expected to see so I don't that's my thing it was nice to see Paul in the um another thing that sort of stood out to me though is seeing Paul in the um getting back into the network and understanding why he didn't want to do it anymore I think why he was okay with not doing it anymore because he saw his husband last time he was in the (laughs) network and it's that fear of are you going to see him again when you jump or are you not going to see him and then which one is worse to see him while he's jumping again or for him not to be there. And that means he's really gone. Got it. But if you never jump, you never have to worry about what could possibly, you have to worry about if you can never jump. So 
So I misunderstood your earlier question. So the biggest moment that st stood out for me from the first half was the asteroid that Tilly like captured. Oh. And then she looked at it and she said, hello, gorgeous. And then it like sent her across the room and she was knocked off unconscious yes. and there was blood from her ears. And I was like, oh no, not my Tilly. <laughs> oh yeah, no, Tilly can't go nowhere. <laughs> that was for me, that was the biggest moment. That was a shock moment. And uh, I was deeply concerned um, about her. And then also this asteroid um, that's in the ship that seems to be much more dynamic than what I previously thought. That had a lot more energy. It's a lot more dangerous than I initially thought too, because that one little piece broke a table. Could right. you imagine if the thing that's holding it up broke, what it would do to the what it would do to the ship? Something that massive, it would it would destroy it. Um, also, the people on another thing that stood out from the first half is the people on the Earth, or not the Earth, the I guess New Earth. Uh, where they beam down to like how they've sort of taken all of the other religions from earth and like turned it into like one deep religion so that way they wouldn't really fight um because we, we find out that these these people were from earth originally during the first oh no sorry during the third world world war so if anyone wants to place bets just let you know according to star trek the next world war happens in the 20 2050s so i'll be in my 60s around then so i think i'll be safe i don't think i'm gonna be conscripted but just be aware, people. You never know what's going to happen. Just Star Trek is saying it's happening in 2050. World War III. Place your bets. Let's see what happens. But like these people from Earth are just like magically transported or scientifically or spiritually because we don't know what the what the thing is. Transports them to this whole new planet and they basically worship this red angel. And it reminds Michael of the red angel she sees, which takes me back to what we said last episode about the fact that this is going to be maybe another Michael centric story which I'm not upset about that but I again like we said last time we hope to see more about other people um to see that they've been living there for 200 years um basically almost in the past but they're in the future like the way they live is almost in the past it's like past life they're living less um like more primitive than they would have if they were on earth, even at the time that they left. Right. So that's interesting to see how they've regressed. Um, I like though seeing Michael Pike and Joanne. Yes. As part of this away mission. And um, this is the first time I've heard a lot more from Joanne. And I like seeing the fact that she was able to help problem solve to help them get out of the basement of the church. Um, I also really like the clothes for that away mission, like yeah. all of their away missions from Pavo to Coinos to um, New Eden, like are like high fashion, modern, stylish. I'm starting to call these nomad casual, but <laughs> I like those look. Mm -hmm. So snaps to that too. <laughs> so uh, it's nice to see more from the other crew members um, and the crew gets together also to help save New Eden from a potential natural disaster with radiation clouds up in orbit above them. It's a very, maybe I have to take back my initial reaction. It's a very 
interesting slow but fast episode like the more like we they they do a lot but i feel like we don't learn enough you know what i mean with this episode i might have to the way you're describing is making me think it's making me change my initial reaction to upping it a bit more so i definitely learned a lot about pike i mean because he grew up in a household that also cherished science and spirituality and he was able to blend in really smoothly with the rest of the planet and then also like um negotiate inside of his head like how to apply the prime directive to this situation um much better than i think saru would have or anyone else on the ship so he was able to apply it seems like his background helped him um not just his background with like like star freak but his previous background his upbringing helped him with the with a lot of decisions that had to take place with this that is very true that is very true so we're going to take a quick little break right there um and then don't go anywhere we're coming right back and we'll discuss the second half of new eden don't go anywhere welcome back to trekkie and beyond Okay, guys, so we're back discussing episode two, New Eden. So one of the biggest standout people on this episode is one of my, is one of our favorite people from the series in general is Miss Tilly. I love her. She's annoying sometimes, but I love her. In this episode, I really do feel like she sort of started building her pathway to basically showing how awesome she is. And not even to say that she hasn't done it in the past because in the all of season one, even when she was faking like the Captain Killy, she has shown that she is much more than what they tried to make her character the box she fits in. So this episode, she really does stand out and she sort of has a breakthrough. Um, Monika, do you want to talk about her breakthrough? Sure. So I think if it wasn't for Tilly, this planet would not be uh, saved. Really, she helped to save New Eden. And mm-hmm. they, she found out that what well, I should say back up once she woke up from her uh fall then she woke up inside of the sick bay and she was like reprimanded by Saru for conducting this research solo which really she should have like done a little bit more uh work to ensure that like the safety of of the crew that everyone was going to be okay and understand that this is a big risk conducting this research and she didn't tell anyone also what was going on so uh saru talked to her about you know it's um important for us to take care of ourselves before we try to take care of others and she seemed to be understanding (laughs) of that but then after saru left she seemed to have some sort of outer body experience with a new character by the name of May who helped Tilly problem solve and troubleshoot Mm -hmm. problems to help save both the planet as well as potentially um, Paul with um, finding out how to use the asteroid to deflect the radioactive waves or something. The radiation that was the radiation that was is about to be like a radiation cloud around the planet. And so they were going to use the asteroid to like absorb it, absorb yeah. the radiation. 
she explained it but i'm gonna be honest it went over my head her explanation yes (laughs) i think she was using the asteroid to attract i think it was supposed Mm -hmm. to be like a magnet to attract the radiation and pull it away and then with the crew on the bridge conducts a donut to i do have to say though a donut of the airspace i did to say a donut in space is cool doing a donut like come on people like everyone loves well i've never done them on my tires because i can't afford to replace my tires just willy-nilly but seeing the fast and the furious movies and them always doing those little donuts can you imagine a starfleet (laughs) ship (laughs) doing a donut in space (laughs) imagine they could leave like the little streaks like oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) i can just imagine so I think the whole, slash that. Yeah, was cool. yeah, the whole bridge crew was like really into this, really psyched. They were able to like maneuver while like uh, Pike and Michael were on on the ground um, on um, New Eden to like focus on this and also help. I think they felt then valued also while, during this away mission. And um, it was really cool to see the crew get together in this sort of way. I really liked seeing the seeing all of the other characters because i don't think that the show should be mainly based on michael and pike and a few other characters here and there but um agreed agreed during so after all that tilly went back to her quarters and she tried to i think conduct research to find out like how does she reconnect with may on the ship only to find out like may passed away um before the battle of the binary stars. So May is not alive according to the computer. And so um, we're not quite sure where May is. If May was like, an, is an angel for Tilly in her head, maybe as part of being like unconscious, like is like she had an outer body, exp- we're not quite sure. So but it's not when our 100% like- Tilly. That's all yeah. I wanted to say. <laughs> I'm worried about Matilly. <laughs> I'm a little worried about her too because I like it's one thing to sort of I felt like it would have been it would have made more sense for her to like hallucinate Hugh or hallucinate someone else who had been on the discovery but this is a new character who we haven't seen in any of the other episodes so it's sort of like why of every person that Tilly could hallucinate if that's what's going on did she hallucinate someone who's dead who she didn't even know was dead right her childhood friend right yeah who she knew was in starfleet so it's like how but apparently they weren't even close because she didn't like she was looking for her on the ship she's like oh and like i think the discovery crew after everything they had been through would know everyone on the ship you may not be friends with everyone on the ship but i feel like you would know who's on your ship after everything you've been through and they're not close because obviously she didn't know that she's been dead for a while right so it's interesting that they picked this one person who was important to her at one point but not enough to where tilly kept up with her life right so it's, it's interesting. And, you know, Tilly doesn't have a lot of friends because she admits that people don't really like her. So it's like, it's interesting to think you wouldn't remember or you wouldn't keep in. So it's, it's, it's making me wonder, is there like a deeper meaning behind the fact that it was her? Right. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. May didn't pop up until she was 
thinking about where's Michael? I need Michael to help me troubleshoot and problem solve this. And then suddenly there is May. So something's going on. And then Paul is not himself either. Um, because I think he's hurt. Yeah, he stormed out of the chamber after the jump and hasn't really shared what's going on or what he saw while he was in the Marci- while he was in the or what network. he didn't see. Yeah. I think he's more I think he I I think that he didn't see Hugh and that made him more upset because it's like okay, he's it's one of the things where it's like I feel like if Paul if Paul could always see Hugh when he jumped, I think he would want to jump more, you know? But the fact that he was so angry when he left makes me think that Paul wasn't, that Hugh wasn't there. And so it's like, he, it's his, yes, there's nothing left of Paul. I mean, so there's nothing left of Hugh. Like he really does no longer have his husband. Um, I think that's why he's sort of upset because what's worse, seeing your dead husband or not seeing your dead husband? Like which one? Like which one's worse? Like at least if you see him, you can still like talk, talk to him. But if he's not there, like he's really not there. So I think I think Hugh wasn't there, and that's why Paul was upset. That's my, that's what I think. I don't know. I feel like I don't know if Star Trek's gonna tell us, but that's my two cents on what could possibly be going on with him. Right. And then Michael seems to be learning more about balancing science and spirituality because uh, she stated while she was on the planet, like, anyone here believe in science? Like, <laughs> she, was, <laughs> and she was so matter of fact about the church and she was having a hard time, I think, there. Uh, so I think part of this journey, she's going to... Um, learn more about this red angel spock and possibly spiritual spiritual we'll see how this all works um there was some other part oh um and then there's jacob which i just want to mention briefly um jacob jacob was one of the ten thousand or so humans human colony that's our new Eden. And he has been working with his, as part of, with his forefathers to maintain this, um, I don't know, this piece of equipment to send out beacons to attract um, help. Help. Basically, yeah. It's, right, it's the, right. It's and the, they don't have power down there. So he was able to jury rig this and uh, keep it going. And um, through this, he learned that, yes, there is other life forms out there above the stars. He doesn't quite understand what's going on, but um, his belief of the fact that there's more than just the seven religions is true. Like he's able to step out of that. Now, I don't know if he's gonna keep this whole, this secret to himself that he that Pike shared about um, Starfleet and, uh, t- and travel and everything like this because now pike shared power with them in exchange for a helmet helmet camera a helmet that has video footage from world war three that would explain how they got there hopefully and that's what we saw at the end scene Mm -hmm. we saw the battle we saw 
a red angel or a red figure shaped like an angel because we don't really know what it is it could be an angel because they have it depicted as an angel but i feel like star trek is just going to blow our mind it's going to be some alien that just looks that way but i I think this is the the thing that pike's been looking for where's his red thing like in the last Mm -hmm. episode he kept asking about the red thing and so I think this may be it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to put these clues together. Um, we'll probably won't find out for 14 episodes. But <laughs> but uh, we're, I think we're starting to, to starting the the mystery and and the journey to find out more about this. I just want to say that Spike that through this Pike violated the Prime Directive sort of by giving Jacob. The power cell. The power cell and sharing information about uh, Starfleet and their travels that was really beyond the technical level and um, of where this colony is at. They are not there. They don't even have electricity. They're using candles. So they're not at the level yet to understand this. And we might be, he could change the future trajectory of the planet. So I think it was Michael or someone on the bridge, I want to say, like they wanted to take the people off of the planet and take them back to Earth because I, 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 you're completely right in everything that you said, but they're also human. They're humans who, if they had stayed on Earth, would be where everyone else is because unlike it being, I think that's what Pike was probably feeling because I was thinking the same thing. I feel like Pike is probably like, I get what they were saying they are a primitive planet but they're not a different species they're not an unknown species they are our brothers they're humans they're from earth they were a part of they like their ancestors lived on earth and while they are it's like he followed it but he didn't he was like hey look we're star we're starfleet and we can't help you until you get to a certain point here's a power cell i need that camera like, cause I can't technically take you back to earth because I would be, I would be like messing up the prime directive, but am I, because you are earthlings first, like you just live on a different planet because your forefathers were sort of like transported there and y'all didn't ask to be. So it's like a catch 22 situation. So like, I wonder if, cause I know Jacob, when Pike left, he's like, I hope to see you again. And Jacob's like, I know, like, I, I know we'll see each other again. I, I'll know, I know I'll see you again. It's like, you you're right he violated the prime directive but at the same time it's not an unknown species that they are contacting for the first time they're humans who thought earth was destroyed they are earthlings they if they wanted to go back to earth i feel like that should be something starfleet should do because it's not a different civilization that has no knowledge of the outside world they're aware that other planets existed they just thought earth was destroyed and there was nothing to go back to. So I feel like Pike is probably like, cause he's a good guy. Pike, I'm hoping God do not make me eat my words. <laughs> that he is at his heart, a good guy. And I think, I really want to say someone on the bridge did like, well, they, we should take them back to earth because they're, or alluded to that of some, of some fashion because they are earthlings, but they are on a different planet, but they are, it's like, what do you do? Do you violate it? and leave them to stay when really the only reason they stayed is because they thought earth was destroyed. Like they literally thought the home planet was no longer 
there, which is also a reason probably why they combined all the religions so that way what happened on earth wouldn't happen here. And then also I did have a question. If there are 10,000 people, how else did the other people get there? Because it looked like the angel only took the people that were inside that church. Like that's not enough people to get 10,000 people in 200 years. That's not enough people. So oh, you talking about procreating, like, the, yeah, I think they started not, smaller because hmm. genetically they will all be, they would all be related, but in 200 years with starting off with a hundred people, you can't get to 10,000 like, cause, and who's to say they were all enough women and, or enough men or whatever. So the way the fact they have, they all don't the have electricity, they don't have a lot of distractions. They're just, I just don't see they don't have birth control. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I, I want to know how everyone on that settlement, because if there's 10,000 people on that earth at different settlements all around the planet, because they said there was 11, 11 settlements around the planet, were they all, because even Jacob, when they arrived, Jacob was like, are you new to new, are you new to new Eden? So that makes me think other people are brought there at different times, possibly, or like uh. they're not, they weren't all brought there at the same time because I, how else would you be so shocked that you don't know who those people are? Right. And again, I, 200 people can't give you 10,000 people in, 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 I don't think in 200 years, because unless you're just popping out, like literally everyone has to pop out like a kid every couple of years. And if you don't have medicine, you don't have doctors, you don't have electricity, you don't have all the medicines. Some of those women are dying. I'm sorry. Some of them are dying in childbirth. You're dying by diseases. I think that Jacob's really smart because he also realized, oh, their hands don't look like they have been working in the field and mm-hmm. their skin is like too, because Michael had on lipstick. I mean, like they're, <laughs> they don't look like they're from here, but I'm sure that he was, and that was probably like his first sign that something here just doesn't quite mesh, but I think part of him was also naive because he had no idea who yeah. can imagine that <laughs> what they're going, what he's going through. Yeah. And he's an outlier there too. And no one else there seemed to like believe and support him. He was doing this in the basement, you know, to do this research. It's true. But I do like at the end when Pike left um, that he was like, it's okay because I know the truth. He's like, I know, so I'm good. Right. Um, so I, I did like that. Jacob is a very smart guy. And, he, and you're right. Like he was an outlier and people didn't really believe him. But I think for him, the belief is good enough for himself. He's like, they don't have to believe me. I know it's true. Right. And so who's to say what could possibly, what could possibly happen? Um, but we're coming up to the end of the episode. So final thoughts. What is your final thought from this episode? Sure. I just want to bring up one quick point and it kind of circles back to my intro because I noticed three magnetic pieces of energy. So there was Joanne, she used a magnet to help them get out of the basement. There is a magnetic energy that helped to uh, attract the radiation away from the planet. And then I think there was some sort of, and this is kind of loose, loose interpretation of magnetic energy, but something that attracted them from their previous, that attracted the USS Discovery from its previous location 
to this new location. Like that, that second red energy burst that made them go to this place exactly the time in which they need to be there to help this colony. Like mm-hmm. otherwise no one would have helped this colony because they're they so died. far away. Yeah. Right? They didn't even know they didn't, they didn't even know they existed. So yeah. Right. So there's some, uh, I just wanted to make that connection. And I, I, I just noticed that unfolding at three different times um, and help us God, as we journey through this 14, 15 season to get through, get through this space opera. Um, I do also like uh, Captain Pike and his story, and I'm, I'm it's boosting my confidence in Starfleet track captains because we've been burned before, um, and how he connected with um, the like the leader of the colony and um, just their connection. And he said, "Peace be with you." And she said, she reiterated back to that. So I think so far, like Captain Pike is a kind soul and um, I connect with him and I'm looking also for, you know, I've said this several times with Pavo, I'm looking for universal peace. So I just wanted to say that is my final thoughts and I'll pass it back to you. (laughs) What about your final thoughts? Um, I want to know how all them earthlings got there on that planet because math don't, the math is not mathing for me. Maybe if it was like a thousand years, I'm like, yeah, you can go from that amount to that amount. But like, I don't know. I just don't see, I don't, because like I've tried to do my family tree and like I've gone back technically 200 years and I only like, it's not the the most that we've gotten is like 50 people, like direct lineage. And that's like with a lot of people to choose from. And like everyone, I just don't, the math is not mathing for me. So I just want to know how all them people got on New Eden. Like I, that is my final thought. How did all those people get on New Eden? And am I not just smart? Because I don't know why the math is not mathing for me. In my mind, it doesn't, like it stood out to me. It's like, that's just not enough people. Well, how we started people- out this episode stating that we have more questions than answers. That's true. So we're ending with questions as well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because I'm being generous by saying there's possibly 200 people in that that church because that church did not look big. It looks like they were just hiding. It didn't look like there was a lot of people in that church from the um, helmet cam video. So it looked like we saw maybe 20, 30 people in that church. Who knows? Don't know. We'll find so- out. Yes, because that math is not mathing for me, so I need to know. That is my final thought. How did 10,000 people get on that planet? Um, so, yes. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to episode two of season two of Star Trek, of Trekking Beyond, a Star Trek podcast. Um, if you like this episode, please don't, please has, uh, please don't hesitate to hit the subscribe button and follow us on Spotify. But as always, I'm Andrea. And I'm Monika. And live long and prosper. Prosper.